1: through our community
0: platform events and online marketplace we started this podcast as a means to share the wealth of information and quality conversations that we're having in our world as we dream up and deliver ways for each of us to live into the new paradigm one that is regenerative balanced and whole we want to put the
1: microphone in front of the voices that need to be heard the most right now The farmers, the dreamers,
0: the designers, and the doers. So come cultivate a better world with us. We're so glad you're here. Now, let's dig in.
1: Hello, everybody. We're here today with a special bonus episode of the Good Dirt Podcast, and we're at the beginning of Fashion Revolution Week. And this is an event that we're really passionate about here at Lady Farmer.
0: Yeah. So Fashion Revolution is a movement. It's an organization. It is a lot of things. And it was founded in the wake of the Rana Plaza disaster in 2013. If you're not familiar with the Rana Plaza disaster, it was basically a building collapsed, not just any building. It was a huge factory sweatshop in Bangladesh that was housing some production operations for some big, well-known brands like The Children's Place and Gap. And it was really a defining moment in the past decade, I believe, for people's understanding in the fashion industry and what's going on overseas and who is making our clothes. So that catchphrase, who made my clothes, was born out of this movement. So you'll see on social media, the hashtag who made my clothes, I made your clothes, those sorts of things. So the fashion revolution movement really started as a way to engage consumers with brands and to demand transparency and to demand that brands do better in their production practices. So the movement is made up of designers, academics, writers, business leaders, policymakers, Many brands participate in this, Uh, retailers, marketers, anyone, makers, people who make clothes, and of course, people who wear clothes because everybody wears clothes. So Fashion Revolution Week happens every year around the 24th of April, which is also near Earth Day. So it's just a lot of things happening at one time, and it's a really beautiful way to celebrate Earth And to celebrate how far we've come in this movement and to acknowledge how much farther that we have to go. And the theme for this year's Fashion Revolution Week
1: is money, fashion, and power. As global citizens, we all have the power to take action. So now is the time to come together as consumers and citizens for a more regenerative and restorative and revolutionary fashion system. So each of us can take part in our own way in this fashion revolution through the decisions we make and and the way we spend our
0: dollars and even how we even just think about the clothes that we wear. Definitely. And if there's any questions still at this point, the mainstream fashion industry is built upon the exploitation of labor and natural resources. It is founded on the principle of extraction, of taking, underpaying, overproducing, and this is all in the name of profits for the big conglomerates. It's, it's really shocking when you look at the big companies that own all the department stores. There's very few that have a lot of power and a lot of wealth that's very concentrated. So the growth and the profit are rewarded to these people and these stakeholders. And they have a whole system of marketing that is designed to manipulate us into a toxic cycle of overconsumption and while this is happening the people who are making our clothes are not paid enough to meet their basic needs and the fashion industry is a toxic top polluting industry it is a lot but it's so important to keep it in the conversation so anyways for anyone who's new to lady farmer or has just recently started listening to the good dirt my mom and i founded this company from this angle of this fashion revolution so We wanted to produce a line of clothing that was sustainably and ethically produced. Uh, We watched this amazing movie called The True Cost. And at least for me as a fashion lover, I love clothes. I love shopping. I still do. My retail therapy looks a little different now. You know, (laughs) most of my shopping outings revolve around thrift stores, estate sales, things like that. So much more fun. So much more of a treasure hunt. Anyway, so that's how we started Lady Farmer. And we quickly realized that it's really hard to talk about this expansive, multi-layered issue of the fashion industry without talking about everything else. So that's why we started The Good Dirt. Yeah. And I think it's
1: interesting for me to look back at how my own associations with clothing and fashion And shopping in my own life has kind of changed over the years since I was a child. When I was growing up, we would go shopping before school started and get a few things to start the school year with, like a new pair of shoes. And then we would do some Christmas shopping around the holidays, of course. And then in the summertime, you would go get a few pairs of shorts and a new bathing suit. And this was pretty much it. And those were like highlights of the year in terms of, you know, putting your wardrobe together. Oh, and like in the summer when you went to camp there was always some you know, special things to get for camp, you know, the hat, the rain gear, that kind of thing. So shopping was not really a constant thing at all. Now, as I got older, it became more of a constant thing because as more and more of the production started going overseas, we started seeing these big stores with all the so-called, you know, discount clothing, the big box stores where you walk in and there's racks and racks of clothes and you go through them and try to find the bargains. So shopping became more and more of a kind of an entertainment. And this persisted into my adulthood. And then when I was a mom and you came along, I had a daughter. And so shopping was something that we liked to do together. And so shopping was a form of entertainment that we would do with your friends. You know, we would take the girls to the mall and let
0: them run around and Go to all these stores and find cute clothes. Yeah, it was definitely an activity and not really a necessity. And I think the mall was a central part of that because the mall, like you said, was like a destination. Yes. And it was something
1: to do. And like when you went to the mall, you you got snacks or you went to the food court and ate lunch and rode the carousel and bought things. Yeah, it was totally
0: designed to like keep you there, right? I mean. Yeah, yeah. And I remember too, sort of from that time, you know, thinking about our own relationship to shopping. For me, it was really, you just wanted to keep up like with what other people were wearing at school, even in elementary school. So sad, but like Abercrombie and Fitch was a thing with the logo t-shirts. I just remember wanting those shirts so bad and you being like, well, if your room's clean, you know, it was kind of like a thing. I wasn't old enough to make money and get my own money. Like a reward was to go shopping and get a shirt from Abercrombie or something. Although that rarely ever happened because honestly, mom, I think you refused.
1: Did I? There was one store that that was a particular attraction. What was it? I don't oh, Limited 2. Um, limited 2? That was the big one. That was the
0: mm-hmm. focal point for you and your friends. That was the destination was that store. I guess Abercrombie would have been a little after that. But Limited 2, yeah, that was like... The women's store, The Limited, they had this younger store called The Limited 2, and they just had the craziest stuff, like fluorescent pants, and it was so crazy.
1: Oh, and now I hate to think of those dyes and things, but... And then when you got a little older, it was uh, Forever 21.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I remember kind of being fascinated by it. Like, it caught on really quickly because it was
1: so cheap. I remember when it first started, you were excited about it. Like, you were like, oh, I want to go to this new store. I remember that. And so we went. Oh, and funny. but I agree. I remember I remember things appeared particularly flimsy. anyway, fast forward you in your twenties and me in my fifties say. And we start Lady Farmer and we've told that story about how we became more aware of the problems in the fashion industry.
0: And both of us felt like there was something we wanted to do about it. It just felt like a no-brainer because it felt like a really accessible way that I could personally engage with the problem. And especially the way that that wonderful movie that we reference often, The True Cost Frames It, the way that they end the movie is very, we've outlined all these things that are awful, but actions to take in the opposite direction are so easy to take. You know, refusing to buy from these brands, shopping secondhand. The actionable steps are so simple obviously it's a much bigger systemic problem that is not easy to solve, but the little strings that you can pull away at are just daily yeah. decisions. And so that was like really exciting to us. And that is where Lady Farmer was born.
1: Yeah. And, you know, they say every journey begins with the first step and and the first step is just to know what the problems are and decide which of the steps you're going to take so sure yeah i'll say that since we've started this 6 years ago and the more people we've talked to and the more connections we have in this space that my own preferences in fashion and my own relationship to my own clothing has been a kind of a personal revolution it doesn't feel like a discipline it doesn't feel like i am denying myself anything Mm. It just feels like what I really, really want to do. I want to wear natural fibers. I want to know the source of my clothing as much as I can. I want to know what I'm wearing against my body. And I really do not want to buy new things anymore. I do occasionally buy new things because there'll be a, a wardrobe piece that I need and I can't find a good alternative anywhere else maybe even in a thrift store. So I will go to some of the better known sources and the sources that I trust and buy a new thing occasionally. It's really a big difference in the amount of clothing I buy now from, let's say, like 15 years ago. It's just amazing. So yeah, in a way, you know, people say sustainable fashion is, you know, it's too expensive. Well, I think I can speak personally and say I spend so much less money on clothes than I used to it's pretty amazing when I think about it. And I buy things secondhand a lot. And that, as you said earlier, that sort of scratches the shopping itch, you know? Like, Yeah.
0: There's a certain freedom that comes along with being able to just opt out. Like, I think I used to feel a sort of pressure, you know, to keep up, to see what's in store. You know, like, that I'm missing out on something yeah. because... That's really, really careful marketing on the part of a lot of really smart people that have figured out how to make us think and feel certain ways. But the more that you're able to like be aware of that and recognize it, the more you can be like, oh, no, actually, I see what they're doing there. And Mm -hmm. I know this other like truth, whether it's, I don't know if it's even like an internal self-worth kind of thing where you're like, I actually don't need the newest thing you know what I mean that's kind of more along the lines of my own personal evolution too and I don't know if part of that's just like growing up or being immersed in in this and being like so aware of it but it really does feel like freedom to me it feels like I'm just more empowered and I don't have to buy things that I feel like I'm being pressured to buy and like you said there is a cost element to this because it is expensive to produce things ethically but what's interesting is that you end up buying a lot less and needing a lot less and so Mm -hmm. even though I am able to buy some of those things like the reason why I can is because I'm not shopping every weekend and I'm not purchasing excess and I love all my clothes. I would describe it as a great sense of satisfaction
1: and a kind of happiness a kind of joy really in this pursuit of a wardrobe that's not harmful to other people or the planet or even my own health but i don't want to sound like i've got it all figured out either i still have too many clothes and i'm working on that i know it's a constant it,
0: it is process
1: it is such a process and you know we live in an old house hardly any closets and when we first moved in here it was a huge problem, and now we've pared it down. And the other day I realized, gosh, you know, we don't have the clothes closet problem we used to because we just have so many less things. Yeah. But I still have a way to go. I still want to refine it. Here's my dream is that I wake up in the morning and I can see everything I have at once. And whatever the weather is or whatever the conditions are, whatever I'm going to be doing, I know exactly what to grab for. And I'm getting closer. I guess I'm getting closer every year. I mean, every season I go through and I pass things along. And we have those those fun swaps. And we have local thrift outlets, which I feel really good about it because I know there are people in the community that come and get these things at super affordable prices and enjoy them and wear them and they don't end up in the landfills. All that feels really good to me.
0: Yeah. So what would you tell someone who's listening now and maybe they are not far along on their fashion revolution journey or they don't know where to start and wants to shop better and feels overwhelmed by all of the information? Because I think everyone's knee jerk reaction because of the system we're in is, oh, I need to buy from sustainable brands. Oh, I can't afford that. So what's your advice for someone who similarly to you, mom, envisions what you're envisioning?
1: So I like to say, as in so many things, awareness is everything. So first of all, just take the time or the attention to just become aware of what the issues are and think about it. Just think about the things that you may or may not want to participate in. Seriously, do you want to participate in an industry that's really hard on human beings, particularly women, particularly people in underdeveloped countries? minorities do you want to participate in something that's super hard on the environment that produces an abundance of toxins that go into the water and the soil and are absorbed into our bodies and just think about what what do i want to participate in and once you decide okay i want to do better There are very many simple steps to start with. And the first, I think, is something that costs you nothing, even saves you money. And that is to stop buying. Stop buying clothes. Stop buying new clothes. (laughs) Yeah. And see where that takes you.
0: Yeah, totally. And I also think that it really helps to do an initial sort of call in your closet. Sure. And you might even realize that some pieces of clothing that you have actually don't make you feel great about yourself Maybe you have something hanging in your closet. I know I've had this experience. Something hanging in your closet that you bought because you felt like you had to or it was a certain trend. You know what I mean? Or it was like there was an event that you felt like you needed this to like fit into it. And that piece of clothing carries with it this emotional weight. And I think the more that we're able to like cull those things in a responsible way, obviously don't throw it away. Be cognizant of where you're either donating it to or sell it. Even better, sell it. It's such a good way to put these things into the circulation. That would be kind of my place to start. But I love your advice, mom, of just sort of giving yourself the time and space to think about these things. And don't feel guilty about them, but just think about them. So how could our listeners participate in Fashion Revolution
1: Week? What can they do? What if you're hearing these things maybe for the first time, or maybe you've heard some of this before, but it's just sort of sinking in? What would a person do to move forward on this in terms of this event?
0: Yeah, well, engaging with Fashion Revolution specifically is pretty easy. You just go to fashionrevolution.org, take a look around their website. Of course, you can donate money, you can sign up for their newsletter. They have so many great resources. So you can look at all that stuff. And then if you're on social media, definitely follow them. Follow all the hashtags. Who made my clothes is a great hashtag. Their most famous campaign is the one where there's a brand maybe that you wish you knew more about. Maybe you love their stuff and you you would be sad to not be buying from them anymore. You can take a photo of the tag of your clothes and tag the brand on Instagram and say, hey, Gap or whoever, you know, who made this shirt? who made my clothes like I want to see I want to know more so that's like a really tangible way you can participate in fashion revolution and I think on a more personal level a fun challenge that I would like to propose is pick an amount of time and say you're not going to buy anything new in that time or pick a date and say by that date I will have done an initial cull of my closet down to things that I truly want to be wearing and make me feel good yeah, those are two things I would say. What about you, Mom? Let's say, take this week, since this is what this week
1: is for, fashion revolution awareness. And if you haven't done this already, many of our listeners have, I'm sure. But just ask yourself, what is my relationship to clothing? And ask yourself this question, like, how much do I know about the problems in the fashion industry? And how much do I know about the sourcing and all those things? And... Whatever answers you give yourself or whatever realizations or insights you get, decide one action you're going to take to improving your own personal relationship with fashion and clothing. And that means improving in the way of lessening the harm to other humans and the planet. So yeah, just
0: observe and act. <laughs> so just those few little things, everyone. <laughs> But thank you for tuning in this week, and definitely keep up with us on social media, and like I said, all of the other amazing resources to follow this week. We have a great interview coming for you on Friday from one of our very favorite ethical clothing brands based in the US, Conscious Clothing. I'm really excited about this conversation, so definitely tune back in on Friday, and thanks for listening to The Good Dirt. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Good Dirt Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll share it with a friend to spread the good dirt. This show is produced by Lady Farmer, a slow living lifestyle community, and the original music is composed and performed by John Kingsley. For more from Lady Farmer, follow us on Instagram at We Are Lady Farmer. That's We Are Lady Farmer. Or join us online at www.ladyfarmer.com. We'll see you next time on The Good Dirt. Goodbye.